0: Hi lovies, it's Christina with Karma's Eye Psychic LLC here on Universal Spirit Podcast. So as you know, this month of September, I will be just sharing, uh, reliving some of my spiritual experiences that I have already posted in my blog, uh, which has also been updated um, here on my podcast. So we recently talked about the story of Emily, which is like the infamous story of uh, me knowing that I was, in fact, spiritually gifted and psychic and trusting in your abilities and trusting fate and destiny and all that yada. Um, this is a incident or, you know, event that had taken place in my early teen years. Um, I could almost believe that I was about maybe 12 or 13 when this Um, had taken place. Um, and it happened during new years. Um, but the name of this blog in particular is, um, the story of the man I never saw. This story of course comes with a bit of a twist. You would have to read the entire blog. Please, no spoiler alerts for any of you who are listening who have already read it. For those of you who might be listening and you know me personally and you're listening with a friend and who doesn't know about me at all, do not ruin the surprise. Um, This is actually um, a very, very, I don't even know how to describe this experience. Very paranormal, very interesting, and it came out to be really like just a regular day or I should say a regular New Year's Day um, New year's of 2000 for those of you who are old enough to remember uh, it was blistering cold in the, at the end of 2000 um, so you can imagine how cold it was during New Year's in particular um, especially when everybody is in fact outside um, and of course, celebrating you know, the next year coming in. So let me try to give some background to this story. And before I actually get started, I have to tell you this. Now, as rocky as my relationship has been with my mom um, and also some of my other family members, this is the only story that can make us literally come together in agreement And say, yes, this really happened. Um, Because the truth is, under my sister's mental condition, even she can recall events and details that took place um, that night um, on December 31st, year 2000. That in itself is very profound and something that is important to remember throughout this story. So New Year's Eve... On the Camden uh, waterfront had began as it always did every single year. It wasn't as exciting as the year nineteen ninety nine if everyone remembers that y two k scare about everything being zero zero and going back to the beginning and resetting bank accounts and identities and all that junk. There was a lot of tension and controversy over the year nineteen ninety nine but when the year two thousand rolled in, nobody was scared anymore, right? Nobody was scared. Um, about anything happening, anything that happened that had been fixed already, and it already, already had been a year that passed. Okay, so you know the Camden waterfront is some is a tradition that we, as a family, had been doing since I was born. So I was like twelve. So I've done this for the millionth time. Um, Just going to watch the fireworks. If you're not familiar with Camden, New Jersey, they have a beautiful waterfront, um, and they have many many events and concerts and celebrations over there. Uh, I definitely suggest that you go. And then also Battleship you know, New Jersey is down there, Um, the aquarium, it's a very, you know, very interesting um, place with lots to do. So, we are trying to find a place to sit, because apparently it is crowded, and we have arrived late, of course, because we're not really trying to be out there all night, so it's about maybe like, maybe 9 p.m., so we got three hours until the ball drops, right? There are people getting proposed to people renewing their wedding vows um there's hot chocolate people celebrating people um announcing the arrival of babies like a lot of stuff comes out during new year's eve can we all agree about that it's true right you're willing to you know make a resolution to change ourselves change our thinking make a goal for the next year So anyway, so as we're fiddling around trying to find a spot, because obviously it's like on a hill, it's on an incline and like to to get out quicker, um, you would have to pick the spot that's like at the very, very top. So we found a spot pretty close to the concrete and the grass where you could see the top of the concert and the stage. So we put our blanket down, of course, and then we got like our coats and my mom brought over hot chocolate and uh, my mom had like this little tiny TV, which was like really popular in the 90s. And it was cool to have because we got to watch New Year's in other countries before it got to, you know, where we were. So we were just watching the fireworks go off in other countries on this tiny little TV. You know, looking all weird in the park. Because, of course, it ran on batteries because it was, you know, 2,000. (laughs) Um, This tall, lanky, like, middle-aged, I would say, not even middle-aged, maybe 40, 50-something man um, comes over and just starts talking to us. But he starts talking to us as if, like, we had been speaking to him earlier and he was just, like, picking up from a previous conversation. He introduced himself, of course, but his tone of voice just seemed like, yeah, I already know you, so let's just continue. So we were a little bit put off by that, considering, like, we had no idea who he was. Mind you that I had not mentioned that my mom and dad were actually going to be separating soon Like we could all feel it right so I didn't see it to be that strange for a a man to approach a woman and three kids You know it's just her and no husband Um, but just the way he started the conversation was just kind of weird So anyway I can't really remember his name, but he was just going on and on about how his entire life he was a lifeguard and he used to save people's lives all the time and being by the water always calmed him and people, you know, being in need and... Needing to save people was very, you know, fascinating to him. So he spent, you know, most of his life as an EMS, you know, a lifeguard and whatever it, it meant to, you know, rescue someone from a serious situation. He was never like a police officer or anything, but, you know, he did. You know, a lot of health care work, working with doctors and nurses very closely and even volunteering, you know, at hospitals, you know, in children's hospitals and any place where he was needed. He would he would um, volunteer. Um, he did mention to us that he was, in fact, homeless. But it didn't seem to bother him, and it really didn't seem to bother us at all either. I mean, he seemed like a very friendly, you know, non-threatening guy. He was talking and talking with my mother, and in the middle of the conversation, he points over to a group of men that were, like, across the park. And they all had bikes, and um, they were all standing together, and they were all pointing, actually, at him. Um, And they were laughing and making fun of him. Um, I guess they were like his homeless friends or they had known each other, um, you know, in their community. Um, They didn't seem to like him very much. However, they didn't come over to us. They just were satisfied just laughing and making faces. But of course, being who I am, I just was kind of curious as to why they didn't like him so much. I couldn't see it. He was actually a really nice guy. Like I just wasn't really sure. But at the time, like I said, I was about twelve or thirteen years old. Um, but you know, still tried to keep my common sense about me because um, you know I don't I don't just be picking up friends. Like I've I've never been that friendly kid. Like I'm just like, who are you? Like I lived in the hood. Like I mentioned that earlier. Um, so I was like, I, I don't know, that's kind of strange. Um, but he then continued to talk to my mom about random, random things, talk about culture, music, just all kinds of stuff. And he seemed to be like a very intelligent, very educated man. And when he told me he was homeless, I, I mean, like that really, that really was interesting, because I was like, this is what happens to educated people like you're homeless, like what else is wrong with you? So I'm thinking maybe he's on drugs or something. Um, another thing that led me to believe he might've been on drugs is because the whole time he was talking to my mom, I never saw him like blink his eyes. Now I would assume at some point you would have to, right? Like it's a, it's a natural human reflex to blink your eyes, but his eyes were open literally the entire time, which I thought was a little strange too. Um, as a 12 year old, 13-year-old, whatever, I just let it go because I figured what's this that's a stupid uh, reason to, you know, wave a red flag. So I was like, let me just not say anything and let me just, you know, let my mom talk and have this moment or the whatever because we're probably never going to see him again among all these people or whatever. So I was just like, yeah, that's kind of weird. He doesn't seem to blink at all. So I, I asked my sister. I was like, did anyone notice that? Like, yeah, yeah you seeing this? And my sister and my brother confirmed. They were like, yeah, like he doesn't blink. That's, that's weird. So instead of saying anything, we just kind of let it go and let him continue to talk to our mom. Anyway, the fireworks have finally gone off and everybody's screaming and celebrating and smiling and singing and all kinds of stuff that they're doing. You know, they're... Having fun, everybody's happy. It's the year 2001 now, on January 1st, and everybody's just, you know, throwing up their confetti and, you know, using their, whatever whatever you call those things that you blow into that make the noise. I don't know. Comment, because I don't know what it's called. Okay? And just cheering on for the new year. And then, by that time, of course, when the fireworks are done, you know, it's time to leave. You're not going to just stand out there in the cold. Um, Or whatever And of course everybody was focused on the fireworks Um, And it turned out When we turned back around The man was gone Him, his, his bike Everything, he was gone So we were just like, huh that's weird. I mean, we figured he'd want to stay and, you know, say something or whatever. Um, and we also noticed that the guys that were standing across the park, they were gone too. So the only thing we could think of is like, oh, no, they they uh, they ran after him. They beat him up or they all left together or whatever. So it was like, wow, that's kind of rude. So. My mom was just, you know, curious as to where he went. She went down to the end of the park. She looked around. She couldn't find him. She couldn't see anywhere he could have gone. And believe it or not, behind us was not many people. uh, Because like I said before, we had sat like at the very top and everyone else was like really close. And not being that many people behind us, she didn't see anyone, like not even a group of people, nobody anywhere. Um, so then she turns to a lady that had been sitting with no next to us the entire time. And she actually said, Hey, did you see where that guy went? And she was like, what are you talking about? She said the guy I was talking to, because she had been talking to this guy for about three hours. And the woman looks at her and like, was like, no, she's like, I literally thought you were talking to yourself the entire time. Because we had we did see the lady move away a few times from us, but she legit confirmed that she did not see that man the entire time. Now, were we the butt of a joke, maybe? I don't think they knew each other. He didn't speak to her the entire three hours. But we all, me, my brother, my sister, and my mom, looked at each other and was like, did you see him? And we all confirmed, I saw him, I heard him, he was totally there, he was there. And we did a double take. We separated for a while to go look for him. We asked people if they had seen him. We described him head to toe. And they were just like, I didn't see that guy. But then, of course, it was a crowd of a bunch of people. And how can you generalize, right? Like like how much we didn't expect to really get that far. But we tried. Um, Nobody, literally nobody claimed to have seen him um or had even seen my mom talking to him um and we walked home very slow <laughs> because we were still in shock cuz we had been very convinced for 3 hours that he was there and talking to us like telling jokes making comments like just giving these really intellectual you know thoughts and like it just couldn't be possible so we all just had to conclude that he just might not have been there literally the entire time. Um, we, to this day as grown adults, me my brother my sister and my mom, we always refer back to that story as the most, um, uh, bizarre spiritual phenomenon that we had ever encountered. Um, It was extremely real because it couldn't have been, it couldn't have been like we, to this day, it's been almost 20 years now, right? It's been over 20 years and I've been trying to see if he would ever appear again in my life because I wanted to know really why he showed up, um, that day. He did had, he did mention to my mom that her, her life was about to change, um, But of course, we figured that was just the rantings of a homeless man. But I would say a few months later, not very long after, I mean, a lot of things... A lot of things were different. My parents had gotten divorced. Um, 9-11 happened. And a bunch of other things that I will mention in further podcasts. So, my lovies, it's Christina with Karma's Eye Psychic LLC here on Universal Spirit Podcast. I really hope you guys enjoyed the story of the man I never saw. Tell me what you think about it. Comment, um, follow, like, share, subscribe, do all that stuff. I'm going to go, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye, lovies. I love you.